It's supposed to just disappear. The future me that I've always been waiting to come into didn't have this demon on its shoulder anymore. Hi, welcome to another episode of Mutual Feelings. I'm Autumn Whitaker, and today's episode is one that I have taken a few stabs at, and I think that today is the day that we're going to finalize this episode. It's a personal one, and it's one that I've kind of had to approach from a few different angles. In this podcast, over the past few episodes, I've been exploring, kind of dealing with the challenges of where I am in life versus maybe where I expected to be at a certain point. Seems to be something that keeps coming up frequently, talking about the career and talking about maybe the place where I am or the the ego challenge, all these things that have been coming up over the past few episodes. And I want to keep going down that path and speak this time about something very personal. I'm in a bit of a self-acceptance classroom right now. I feel like this is a very important, probably a decade or so that I'm maybe wedged right in the middle of. I mean, it might go on for the rest of my life. I also welcome that. But I think that at a certain point, I will maybe kind of fall into this more easily, but at this point, I'm kind of in this crash course period of time where I'm being challenged to look at myself and accept myself for where I am right now. And in this classroom, I'm actually doing more unlearning than I am learning the past couple of decades of my life, I have been learning about what my life should be, ought to be, and what it should look like. And right now, I am in a period of actually kind of unlearning those things. But a lot of people, we go through this time of, you know, I don't know if it's kind of cliche to say that it would happen in your 30s, but boy, does it seem to happen in your 30s <laughs> um, where you kind of reach this point where you're just like looking deeply at yourself, you know, in the mirror, almost navel gazy. Let's not maybe go there, but figuring out like who you are, examining these things that maybe you haven't taken the time to examine up until this point. But during this phase, we have to keep doing everything else too. (laughs) It kind of sucks that you don't get to go on like a self-acceptance vacation, you know. You don't get to go off to an island to pamper and love yourself and kind of nurse your wounds of trauma and come to this glorious point where the problem has been solved. You have to keep doing everything else at the same time. You still have to get dressed. You still have to maybe go to work and maybe fight the urge to overcompensate for whatever inadequacies you might feel. Now, I'm going to make this very personal. I'm going to talk about, for me, what this looks like. I was talking to someone just today about the surprising way that old memories kind of sneak up on you. If you ask me about the moments that make up my big changes in life, there are some obvious ones that I could point to and have pointed to over and over again. And then there's this one 
that seems so insignificant, and yet it pops up in my head just out of nowhere from time to time. This little reminder of a conversation that I had all the way back in second grade with my best friend at the time. She was getting ready for her birthday party. Our birthdays were the same week. We shared many birthday parties together. I was at her house, and she was talking about her pool party coming up, and she paused and said to me, I don't know if you should come. And the reason that I shouldn't come was because I was getting a little fat. I remember looking at her and thinking, why does that matter? (laughs) That was where a lot of things started changing for me. Up until that conversation, which, I mean, that's pretty early in the game in second grade, but still, up until that conversation, I did not have an intense awareness of my body. But after that conversation, everything seemed to change. It became my obsession. In my classroom of unlearning who I am versus who I have expected myself to be, I have to come to terms with who I am inside of my body. As someone who has been overweight for most of my life, I've learned who I am expected to be because of the person that I am inside this body. And when I talk about dealing with everything else on a day-to-day basis, just because I've come to a point where I can maybe dial down that brain clutter of feeling less worthy or less significant Because of my physical appearance, I still have to fight the urge on many days to disappear. And I definitely have to fight the urge to overcompensate for this thing that I have always kind of had reinforced as an inadequacy. And I want to talk about what that looks like for me or what that has looked like for me over the course of many, many years. What it looks like for me As I'm challenging this thing, this insecurity, is letting go of the performative control that I always feel the need to display. It's it's a lot of acting that goes into this to appear aware before anyone else is of the fact that maybe I'm monitoring what I'm eating, I'm doing something, I'm looking into this new thing. It's a reflection of how much I think about my body. I think about my body constantly. It's on the front of my mind all the time. In the past, and especially with certain people, I've always felt the need to give little updates about how maybe I'm doing this now, maybe I'm eating like this and I'm, I'm doing this and it's, it's so performative, but I feel the need to demonstrate this amount of control because I want a particular audience to see me in a certain way. And this is my thing with food and body. 
But this is absolutely a thing that a lot of people do. And we want our audience to see us a certain way. We want the people that are watching our behavior to know that we're like dealing with it. I think that um, my upturn from uh, a childhood and teenage and even 20s of a lot of internalized self-hatred started taking an upturn when I took responsibility for the audience of people that I had surrounding me. Um, One of the things very personally that made a huge difference for me in trying to like fully accept myself as I am was to change the feed. I had to completely change the feed and reinforce for myself images of people who looked like me living joyful, fulfilling lives full of love and (laughs) full of incredible careers. And you have to actually like look for those things. They're not easy to find. When I started changing what I was seeing, it did a, it did something major for me. I think that from there, seeing those images reinforced, seeing that representation, I was able to start slowly challenging myself to take more and more ownership of my current state without the need to change, without the need to punish myself with diets and with things that were harmful to me psychologically. I was able to start taking little steps toward celebrating my body from time to time, taking care of it in a different way. Definitely abandoning the diet culture was very, very helpful for me. Sharing my perspective with other people, there was a big shift when I was able to kind of start calling myself fat and talking about it in a way that was no longer so scary and bad. I, I got to tell you something. To this day, and I have been working on this for years, to this day when I say the word, it's like there's a little bit of like a pinch in the back of my throat saying it. Even though like I can read it, I can read books about it, blog posts about it, see these reinforcing images of like fat and fabulous when I say it. I I still have such a deeply reinforced idea that this is bad, even though it's just a word that describes me and where I'm at right now and how I look right now. And it should not have those types of connotations. But this stuff runs deep, man. I think that for a lot of us at this point where we are trying to kind of unpack our stuff and like examine like who we are and what we're doing, we find these like little demons, maybe not so little anymore, that we just never were able to shake off. This thing that followed me around when I was in elementary school and then middle school and then high school and always somewhere in my mind, I thought one day that's going to disappear. One day, something's going to shift and change. And don't even think for a second that I (laughs) I didn't make an effort to that end, because I absolutely did. 
tried so many different things, so many different ways to punish myself, to change my lifestyle, to turn everything up on its head, drink the maple syrup stuff, and all of the things that I did over all of these years, because at some point, it's supposed to just disappear. The future me that I've always been waiting to come into didn't have this demon on its shoulder anymore. And yet, it keeps following me. Year after year, birthday after birthday, I still have this thing. I still have this war against myself and the body that I'm in, and it's just not going away. So what do I do about it? (laughs) I start sharing my perspective and talking to people about it. I remember the day that I called myself fat on the internet. (laughs) In fact, I wrote about it in my journal because that was a really big deal for me to kind of come into that point of saying like, this is who I am and this is, this is okay. (laughs) Even last week, this is like the ultimate kind of push for me. But I was invited to do a a modeling for a plus-size boutique thing online. I would get on the live stream and just openly talk about my size. I'm wearing this item, and it's in this size. And I'm surrounded by other women doing the same. It was a very empowering and really cool experience, even though it pushed me very, very far out of my shell. But doing something like that, even after all this time and this effort, of trying to feel more and more comfortable in my own skin, there's just a little bit of a prickle there still from time to time. Always a reminder that there's more work to do, more unlearning to do of the kind of person that I'm allowed to be. And look, this is a very personal topic, but it's one that I really had in my mind that I wanted to talk about on this podcast, not just for my audience, not just for who might listen, but definitely for myself to speak on this. Even though this topic is extremely personal, and I know a lot of people can not just deal with the weight thing, but the body thing in general, but I mean, there's something to this, the social othering that happens early in life that we want to kind of grow out of year after year as we try to push ourselves. It's like the carrot, you know, dangling on the pole in front of the horse as we're like walking forward and forward toward this ideal self, this thing that we maybe had in our more youthful minds of who and what we would be when we grow up, a more perfect, a more confident version of ourselves where these little demons that have bothered us, we win over them. You know, they eventually they disappear. But man, I think about younger me and during a time when I did actually lose quite a bit of weight, I did feel it was socially enforced that maybe my value was going up because people had really complimentary things to say about me because my little shell that I occupy was getting smaller and there was so much praise to be given. That kind of reinforcement of all the things that I was sort of afraid of that people thought about me, maybe they didn't say it outright until I started kind of losing the weight. During that time, when I started getting more and more intense about the need to keep pushing myself and pushing myself and, you know, going on these runs and doing these workouts, I did what a lot of people do when they want to make a change, and that is 
the lists and the vision board. I looked at the images of the type of people that I wanted to be. I looked at (laughs) all the little kind of, if it doesn't hurt, it's not worth it type of of talk. If I could, I would go back to that point. I would rip up those collages. I would destroy that mentality because there was always, for me, kind of a war between the person that I am in my body now and the person that I want to be. What I'm learning now and what I'm feeling now is that I am my ideal self. It's a mantra of agency and of self-love to tell myself, I am enough right now. I am my ideal self. Everything that exists in that future me, (laughs) in the fantasy me, is here. It's now. I'm here. And... I'm enough. I will say that when it comes to self-acceptance, particularly when it comes to body and weight issues, that this is a topic that's not spoken on nearly enough. And I do want to make myself available for conversation if anyone that hears this episode um, wants to speak about it further. I feel like it only benefits to talk about these things and put them in the open. So I want to make myself available to do that. Signing off for this episode, I will once again remind you that you have the opportunity to leave a voicemail with me at anchor.fm slash mutual feelings um, or a message via Instagram at the underscore West Ghost. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mutual Feelings. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.